Hello, Monetization Nation. Influencer marketing has grown exponentially within the last few years and is expected to reach a market size of $13.8 billion within 2021. In 2019, the number of influencer agencies and platforms grew to 1,390, which is about three times more than the year before. Source Influencer Marketing Hub. In the last episode with Neil Schaefer, we discussed how we can become digital influencers and build our online presence. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how we can collaborate with influencers and take advantage of the opportunity they present to our businesses. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Why should businesses look seriously at shifting resources to influencer marketing? Yeah, you know, I think I already sort of hinted at this, but we have search, we have email, we have social as the primary channels to communicate and, and to market. And it's that social media part that people rule because social media was made for people, not for businesses, right? And the algorithms just work against businesses that for many businesses, it's become paid media. Now, paid media is all good. And don't get me wrong, Facebook ads, what have you, they're extremely powerful, but you're not going to get word of mouth from it, right? Um, you may not even build trust from it because it's an ad and people more and more distrust ads. We have ad blockers, what have you. So really, you know, the whole idea about influencer marketing is that tapping into people that are passionate about your company, about what you do and having them basically incite word of mouth marketing for you. And I think, you know, getting back to the early days of Facebook where companies were forwarding their domain to their Facebook page, because there was so much viral activity. Right. And the whole idea was that this is it. This is, you know, viral word of mouth marketing. That's what social media is all about. And I think, you know, businesses have forgotten about that over the last decade as they've seen the algorithm work against them and they get fewer and fewer and fewer impressions. And when I look at the content of most businesses, it's all about them, right? And I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of people want to hear about, you know, the products and the campaigns, but, you know, people also want to hear about things that are important to them. And it's this notion of lifestyle content of content that actually helps people, um, provides them value in different ways. This is how influencers have become influential and businesses have not been able to do that for various reasons. So if you really want to get that word of mouth, you want to get visibility in social media, you need to have people talking about you. And this whole concept of influencer marketing is to, is to create a program, create a structure to get people talking about you. If you already have employees on social media, if you already have customers on it, it's more about employee advocacy, brand advocacy. If you don't, it's more about this traditional concept of influencer marketing of trying to create fans, right? Um, and nurture them and really create something that begins to get you seen and heard. But additionally, now you have people that are creating content around your product. And this is something I realized maybe four years ago when I did my first influencer marketing campaign for a client that the, the mommy bloggers we were reaching out to, the photography that they were doing about our product was way better than anything we were creating in-house. So you also begin to see that, huh, the content that these influencers is creating is great as well. Let's bring them in and collaborate more on content, right? And for B2C, it might be photos, videos. For B2B, it might be more like blogs, you know, interviews, what have you, speaking at webinars. But that's where I think you see a lot of magic. And that's where I think, man, you know, we can have the face of these people 
be the face of our social media because they provide so much value. They have trust in their communities and they are able to talk about our product way better than we can when it comes to social media. Definitely. And they're far more credible than we are. There's a quote Amen. in your book that I think really addresses this. And it's my favorite quote from your whole book. I wrote it down here in my notes. It's on page 57. And it says, uh, you said, it comes down to two core facts. People trust people more than ads. And social media was created for people, not business. You want to address those two core facts? Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's how influencers have become big. And I mean, think about it. You, you trust and all the data supports this. You trust recommendations. I mean, you might look at Amazon reviews, for instance, but at the end of the day, if one of your friends recommended something, you might not even look at an Amazon review and go out and buy that product. Yeah. And I, I see this time and time again. And now we see people recommending things on social media. We began social media only well, I only want to connect with people that, I, that I've met on LinkedIn, or I only want to connect with friends and family on Facebook. We've gotten more and more open and Instagram and Twitter are extremely open platforms where inevitably we begin to follow people we've never met that we never yeah. met, we, but, but we get to know them through their content, right? And through seeing them and that sort of trust in people, it's an emotional connection that we have with people versus a logo versus a company. And, you know, I think maybe deep down in our heart, we know that the company is trying to make a profit off us. Yes. But a friend is not necessarily that that way, right? And, you know, social media, I mean, that's how it all started. It was, you know, Facebook, get back in touch with, well, you know, keep in touch online with your your colleagues, right? Podcast, uh, uh, Twitter was like, I forgot, like podcast engineers or, you know, they created it just to keep, on, keep in tabs what they were doing, where they were in San Francisco. You know, LinkedIn, it was all about your professional network and keeping in better touch with them for, for business connections. So that's how it all started. Now, Social networks have monetized it, their own monetization nation, through advertising and other things. Yes. Um, and, and businesses can tap into that and it's extremely powerful. But you always have to have this mindset as a business that, you know, social media wants to monetize you. So every, and, and people are not going to trust you. I mean, if they know you, they will, but they're not going to see your content because of the way the algorithms want to monetize that, you know, it becomes pay to play. So when you have that mindset, you really need to work harder at creating content that's really going to resonate with people. I had a chance to go to Facebook headquarters and I met their like VP of, of advertising at the time. And I, I, I'm like, you know, dude, what, you know, what's going on with, with the declining organic reach of Facebook page? He goes, well, you know, some of the pages I follow that I don't see declining organic reach. And he's like, look, does your business create every social media post as if it was a love letter? And it's funny because in email marketing, I've heard of people like Ann Hanley, who's one of my heroes, she says the same concept. You know, do, do you write every email newsletter as if it was a love letter to your community? And most businesses don't because they see it as something they have to do. We have to have an editorial calendar. We have to publish three times a week. We have to, and it becomes mechanical and people can read through that, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's why people can spend hours creating that perfect reel or TikTok video businesses can't, they have a profit. Hey, we need to get that done by today, right? We need to post something tomorrow. It's just a different mindset. And this was what leads to businesses inevitably not being that successful on social media for a variety of these reasons. Yeah. Uh, what are the biggest benefits of influencer marketing for businesses? And I know we've talked about the credibility. Um, what else? Well, normally you're going to get exposed to a new community, right? So uh, you know, 
I like to look at it as big funnel. And in the funnel at the top is the general public. Okay. The next stage down the funnel is people that already know, like, and trust you. Even if they've just heard your brand's name before and they can recollect it, that they're in that next stage, right? In between those stages, I mean, it, it, it's huge. That's the biggest sort of gap, the biggest drop in the, in the funnel. So there's only so many people that know about your company. And inevitably, an influencer or you know someone else, the employee, customer, whoever, inevitably, there's going to be very, very little overlap, right? And therefore, when you work with an influencer, you're generally going to be exposed to a new community. And getting back to your point about credibility, it gives you credibility for the fact that you're working together with this person, that they're talking about you, and it's built in trust that other people have. If this person is talking about you, then immediately you become a trustworthy brand. They may not buy from you. They may not yep. follow you. But at least you're getting in their ear. You're and from a trusted entity. I think that's one of the you know the biggest benefits. The other one is the is the content um, that now you create this this army of people that are talking about you. Uh, should you make this collaborative relationship uh, valuable enough, which is something I talk about in the book as well. But also the content that's created from that can really serve your needs. But above and beyond that. You know, I was, uh, I got a job offer early in my career to become a brand manager at Procter & Gamble at their Asia Pacific headquarters in Kobe, Japan, when I lived in, in that area. And, you know, they talked about, they spent a lot of budget on focus groups, right? And uh, they bring in, at the time, they were bringing in housewives to talk about this product that they were going to have me market. And that's where they got all their data. And I'm thinking, man, social media is, is one big focus group. But when you work with an influencer, and when you work with a team of influencers that speak the language of that space, that is an amazing focus group. And when you include your customers and your employees, you now have this really awesome focus group that's going to teach you a lot, not just in terms of how to do better at social and digital marketing, but also what are people talking about? What do people say about your competitors? What are people saying about your products, right? And I think that has incredible business value for companies. So you start with inciting word of mouth and get exposure, you then get to the next stage, which is the content stage. It's like, wow, we can start to leverage this content. And that third stage is like, we can use this community of influencers to be a major focus group for us to get input on our initiatives and really see where we should go next with our business. Yeah, listen. All right. Uh, how do businesses identify and connect with the right influencers for them? So I think that this begins with you know, if I was interested in your product or service, what would I do to find you? So it's, it's probably going to start with either a Google search or it might be a search on social media because that's where people tend to talk about a lot of things. So, you know, what are the hashtags to search for on Instagram? Uh, what are the things to search for on YouTube in terms of keywords, keywords on podcasts, keywords on Google? And inevitably, you're going to find you're going to find your competitors there but you're also gonna find content creators that are creating content that are talking about the things that are gonna attract people to your company. Problem is they're talking to other people, they're not talking to your company. So you then begin to create a list of podcasters, bloggers, um, you know, YouTubers, and people in social media that are actively talking about something that if you could inject your company into, then there should be natural interest and you should be able to build customers off of that. So this is one way of, this is sort of the traditional way of looking at it. And most people would start with the people, the most followers. And I'm, I'm not a, a big fan of that because 
if you are not known in the space, people are not going to want to work with you or they're mm-hmm. going to ask you a lot of money to work with you. So that's one approach you can take. And that, that can certainly be valuable. The, the approach that I recommend you take if you already have somewhat of a community is to look inside your own followers, to look, you know, there are tools uh, like social media profile appending tools. So if you have an email database, look at the social profiles. Be, hire a VA to do this for you, right? It doesn't have to take up your time. Um, but look in those assets you have, look for people that have some influence. Look at your own employee social media profiles, right? In the influencer marketing industry, we have a term called a nano influencer. This is someone with at least a thousand followers. So look at the people in your, you know, your sphere of influence that have some brand affinity for you because they're they're following you, they work for you, or they're a customer and find people that have over a thousand followers on the network or networks where you think that your, your customers are, are going to. Um, and, and those are the two areas, you know, hopefully you find some overlap where you find that some of the people following you are actually content creators. They're actually in this pool as well, but I would absolutely start with the people that already know, like, and trust you, because when you start with people that don't know, like, and trust you, that's when it gets transactional. That's when you get a lot of rejection. That's when you get, uh, you get jaded, um, that, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. And, and you end up working with people that because they're influential, they work with your company today and your competitor tomorrow, right? When you work with people that already know, like, and trust you, that is your best insurance. Um, and really you start there and you build out the program. And as you get more influence, then you begin to, as part of that, you reach out to people that don't know, like, and trust you, but they see you've already built up some influence. And it's funny, I'm, I'm, Nathan, I'm about to record my next podcast, which is all about the benefits of brands becoming more influential on social media. And that's what it is. The more influential you become, the easier it is for you to collaborate with other influencers who now trust you and who actually want to work with you because they want to get that backlink from you. They want to get that shout out from you. They want to be on your podcast. And this is something that every business in every industry should try to achieve. I have a dedicated chapter on this in the age of influence, but something that bears repeating. Yes, definitely. Okay. So you have a chapter that talks about 16 different ways we can collaborate with influencers or a section that does. You, you give some great examples, the clean plate example, the Lord and Taylor example, the VM world example. Can you just tell us some of the, the best ways that businesses and entrepreneurs can collaborate with influencers and, and give us a few of your best examples? Man, the best way is, I don't know how many Red Hot Chili Peppers fans are out there, but give it away. So the gift of free product or free service is something that a lot of people really, really appreciate. It's funny because, you know, a lot of businesses, they look at, you know, Facebook ads or whatever paid media, and they spend a lot of money to acquire new customers. Um, You know, maybe sometimes giving the gift of your own product might actually be a lesser expensive way of getting a new client, especially when you consider the cost of that product, you know, we're not talking about the selling price, but the cost, right? So right. when you, when you work with influence, here's the thing, there's only so many people. Now, when we talk about B2C, there tend to be a lot of people, a lot of potential influencers, but when you get to B2B, there's only so many people that are talking about a certain subject. It's a finite number of people. So you want to become good friends with them. And if they know, like, and trust you, there's another approach. If they don't know, like, and trust you, the easiest way to do that is to give them something. Say, we want to offer you, you know, we want to give you a year's worth of a product, or we want to give you lifetime access to our software. 
And it, it's something that kills me. So many companies reach out. Hey, we'd love, you know, we'd love to give you a demo. We'd love to give you, you know, a free 14 day trial. And I go to their website and they give a 14 day trial to everybody. Right. Yeah. So when you're dealing with influencers, you got to deal with this finite number. You don't want to burn any bridges. Why wouldn't you want them to become a lifetime customer? Yours? You're not looking to monetize them, right? You're thinking if they become a user for a lifetime and they're always talking about you, that every month they're going to introduce new users to you. So why are you trying to, you know, go dirt cheap Yeah, when you're trying to work with people that can really help your business a great deal? That is what, what kills me. That, that I think is, and of those 16 ways of just offering something like that, um, can be extremely beneficial. It turns out that many of the technologies that I use that I talk a lot about are technologies where I've been given lifetime access. It applies to the law of reciprocity, okay? If we're wanting lifetime reciprocity from the influencer, if we're wanting them to be promoting us perpetually, then we should be providing perpetual value to that influencer. Instead of just trying to only have to give away the smallest amount we have to give and give them a one-time 14-day free trial, we should be trying to give them sustained value so they give us sustained value in return through the law of reciprocity. It's it's not a campaign, it's a commitment, right? You, you understand the value of this. It's not just, it's a one-time wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And this is this is what I think businesses do you know, I mean, I had a company to a company reach out to me. Hey, you know, we want to make you a brand ambassador. It would just ended up being one blog post. That's that's not a brand ambassadorship. And I never heard back from them. Another tool company, you know, because I had a, a social tool summit. So a lot of marketing technology companies reach out to me. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll offer you free access. We'd love it if you wrote a blog post review of us. And it's like, hey, you know, I'd love to if I find it valuable. Well, three months later, I didn't have time to use the tool. Therefore, I didn't have time to write the blog post. And they said, well, we'll give you to the end of the month. And then we got to, you know, unplug from you're using our tool. And I, I never used that tool since then. Right. And I never, yeah. I don't tend to speak highly of them in public. Um, and I will go out of my way not to recommend them to clients. So we're humans, right? This gets back to my sales experience, you know, WIFM, what's in it for me? Yes. And you need to answer that question first. Like, you know, just today, you know, oh, well, yesterday on Twitter, hey, you know, Neil, have you heard of the, have you heard of our new social listening tool? It's like, no, unfortunately, I haven't. Oh, we'd love to give you a free demo. It's like, dude, I don't have time for a free demo, right? You know, um, if if you had said we'd we'd love to pay you to get your thoughts about our product and to spend an hour with us while you watch the demo, and by the way, we're going to give you lifetime access as well, then maybe if I find that tool is relevant to my business or my clients, I might be interested. But otherwise, I mean, time is money, man. Time doesn't grow on trees. And, and we have to remember that when we're reaching out to influencers, that you know, the, the asset of time, especially if they're content creators, they're hustling like anybody else, like every other entrepreneur, and the, and the WIFM, make it really, really special. And you know, I, I'd say the other thing that you can do outside of giving free product, which is a little bit hard to do now, but you'll be able to do it a lot easier in the future, is provide them a unique experience invite them out to an event, right? I'm working with a large global enterprise and I'm helping them create their influencer community. I'm saying every year you should have an event where you bring them out to a country. Um, and it, it comes at a cost, but you can create a year's worth of content by being together for a weekend, right? But more importantly, um, they feel like they're part of a community. They feel bonded to you and it's going to keep 
that perpetual relationship going. So uh, exclusive experiences and, you know, it, but it all comes down to investment. So instead of investing in those Facebook ads, invest in people. Yeah. I love that. And it'll pay much better dividend returns. And the, yeah. the people that are referred are going to convert a lot better and stay with us longer because they were referred by a trusted source instead of coming from an ad. Amen. The ROI is absolutely long-term, whereas the ad campaign, you shut it off, it's done. You're yeah. not going to get anything else from it, right? And that's yeah. why these studies show when done right, influencer marketing has so much higher ROI than a traditional ad campaign for that very reason. Yeah. Okay, why and how should every business be working to become an influencer within their own niche? And maybe you yeah. can give us some examples. Yeah, so I, I, I talked about this and you know, it's, it's a paradigm shift, right? So I'm working with one of the leading uh, real estate networks in the country and we're trying to get all their employees, the agents to be more active on social media. This is an absolute no-brainer. They can connect with people in ways that the brand can't. But, you know, if the brand can become more influential, they are going to be, now we're talking specifically about employees, but they are now leading by example. If you want your employees to be more active on this, you as a business needs to be more active. You need to yield more influence. And yielding more influence can mean a lot of things. I know it's hard to do, but there are things you can do to try to do that. And the more influence that you can yield over time, obviously, the more, you know, the leadership you show for your employees but you also begin to see, just like any other person, you get to see more influencers actually reach out to you. They want to become part of what you've created as the masters of an influential community. So it, it gets easier for you to, you know, reach out to others and, uh, you know, get more conversion on those influencer relationships you're trying to create. But it also begins the flow of inbound of more and more influencers that want to work together with you because they see your influence. So I would start with, you know, let's use this as a role model for our employees. Next, yes, let's use this as a role model to engage with other influencers. But then the third step really is let's use this as a magnet to attract other influencers. And I would do this, you got to do the same thing influencers are doing. It's all about consistently creating great content of value. And maybe you begin working your employees into the equation or this network of, of customers or influencers that you work with. But over time, when you commit to it, and instead of every you know tweet being a marketing tweet, and you convert to every tweet really offering value and yes. really connecting with people, you can begin this transition. And really, you know, I have this, this global client of mine, they have this, this global strategic initiative for the enterprise. And they wanted to basically outsource it to one of their subsidiary companies. And I'm like, well, if you outsource it to the subsidiary company, they're only going to do what's in their best interest. And the strategic initiative of this organization isn't always in their best interest. So if you want to have complete control, you got to do it yourself. And if you become the influencer, all your sister companies, and your sister, they will want to be part of what you're doing. They'll be more than happy to share your initiative because they want to be featured on your channel as well. So two different companies, two different industries, but same concept. Yeah. Yeah. So to explain this, just to give an example to the listeners and watchers, just so they can understand this better, because this is a really important point. Let's say that you had a software, I'm just making up an example. You, let's say you had a SaaS software that you sold to uh, auto dealers, right? And historically, you, your salespeople have been calling auto dealers and, and trying to sell them a product, right? This tectonic shift that he's talking about here, that Neil's talking about is 
become an influencer, become an influencer to auto dealers, produce content that auto dealers want to consume, and then reach out to the, the CEOs of those auto dealers, dealerships and invite them on your show as a guest. So you're providing them value and you're building a relationship with them. You are, you are someone that is helping them and giving them recognition and, and, uh, and it's get so much easier to get in those doors than just calling them and trying to make a sale. And they may not reply to your emails or phone calls at first, but once you have a, you know, a podcast with a hundred episodes and you've had other famous people in the industry on your podcast, for instance, as you become more influential, it gets more and more easy. And guess what? They're not interested in your software, but inevitably at the end of the show, you're going to get a few people going, Hey, so tell me what is the software that you create? Right? Yeah, it, that's right. Because yeah, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And that begins that relationship. So it's the exact same formula that influencers use, exact same, but do it from a business perspective where you got to be human, right? You got to use your human side. And therefore, if a company wants to become an influencer and you want to lead, the CEO should be the influencer of your company. I'd say CEO, the executive team, below that are, are salespeople because they can monetize their influence, right? And marketing people. But that that's where you should start um, and do something great. And yes, you're not... You're trying to attract auto dealers, not by telling them about the great features of your product, but about the industry, how it's going more digital. Um, and, and really, you know, you're, you're providing valuable information. That even if they don't buy your product, they're going to get value from you. And that's, that's the formula right there. Thank you so much, Neil, for sharing your stories and insight with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, influencer marketing allows us to leverage other people's social media accounts. Instead of bragging about our own products, we can partner with influencers who will talk about our products for us and in a more credible way. Number two, influencer marketing builds trust, increases credibility, and expands our reach. Number three, most influencers are influencers for a reason. They create great content. When we collaborate with them, we get access to their talents and skills. Number four, social media is one big focus group and a team of influencers helps control it. We can work with influencers and view them as a focus group to learn how we can improve our products and services. Number five, in order to find the right influencers to collaborate with, we can start by searching for keywords and looking at the followers we already have. Number six, the goal of working with an influencer is not to monetize them. It is to spread the word about our business. Monetization might happen as a result, but that is not the primary initial goal. Number seven, influencer marketing is not a campaign. It's a commitment. Number eight, we can give influencers free products or services or provide them with a new experience to build our relationship with them. If you want to learn more about Neil or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his website at neilshafer.com. You can also find his podcast online and his books on his website. And there's links to all of those sites on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, please subscribe for free to the Monetization e-magazine and get a free ebook about passion marketing at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast and YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. Have you used influencer marketing? If so, what benefits have you seen? 
please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your influencer marketing. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.